Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, welcome back for another episode. I've got Paige Tamlin here with me. Paige I'm back. Tam- yeah, you're back. <laughs> We're going to do like a weekly thing at some we point. We should. Right? <laughs> Everybody's going to be so tired of it's me. So ti- no, they're tired of me already, I think. <laughs> they hear my voice every week, so it's it's nice to have uh, another familiar voice, I'm sure, and it, you're, you're always bringing the, the good stuff on, on the podcast, so appreciate you having you back. What are we talking about today? Student loans. Student loans. Okay, so let's pull a thread <laughs> on that. So... There, like a lot of companies are, are using student loan repayment as a unique benefit. So yeah. we want to pull the thread on that. But let's first back up all the way. Student loan debt is a humongous issue in the United States. It's a huge problem. So, like, so many students don't know when they sign yeah. up for student loans what that actually means. Yeah. I saw this video on BuzzFeed of this girl. She was like, I was 18 when I signed up for a student loan. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. She's like, I'm barely making just like the minimum interest payment. So like you can't, like a lot of students can't even get to the actual balance of their student loans because they're just paying off the massive amounts of interest. I I mean, there's so many issues with student loans right now. For one, it's I think education around like, what does it really mean to take out a loan? Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember uh, back in 2004, I'm dating myself here, but 2004, 2005, when a lot of my friends were taking out loans and they were blowing their loans on like gambling or alcohol and things like that so they don't really understand like or just even to live like paying you know part of like their like their college but then also just living because they lived out of state or they lived somewhere else yeah and i'm draw i'm putting some broad strokes there and i'm sure everybody well there's a lot of people that do that (laughs) i i paid i think you have a similar story i paid cash for for school on my my own i worked i'd go home on the weekends and Mm -hmm. work so i was i was lucky enough to get out of school without debt but I know a lot of people that have huge balances. That and the thing, the sad part about that is, is like we're the minority of people that graduated without student loan debt. Most people graduate with student loan debt of a certain yeah. sum of money. I was lucky as well to not have any student loan debt. My parents said, "You stay in state, you stay local, you live at home. We'll pay for your school." So. Yeah. They, I graduated from Portland State. They paid for my school. I had no student loan debt, and I worked and paid, you know, all my own like expenses and yeah. living expenses because I lived at home and worked. But very, very few of my friends. Yeah. Have no well, especially debt. like I, I think if for for people who want to go to a higher end school, like a, a private school, mm-hmm. Ivy League school. Oh, can I mean, you imagine how no, much student loan you debt you'd have if you graduate from Harvard? Yeah, unless your parents are super wealthy right. or you had some sort of endowment. Which this podcast isn't for you then, so like, <laughs> it's go not ahead and turn it you, off. <laughs> probably. But like, I don't know how parents would even save for that or how a student would even I have do no that, idea. So it's a big issue. I think uh, what it means is that, okay, for one right now, $1.52 trillion in student loan debt. Trillion. Total borrowers with student loan debt, 44.2 million people. That's sick. That's, that and is then sickening. The, and that averages out, uh, and just an average, 37,000 in student loan debt per person. But 
as you know, like some people would have on the lower end of that, but right. some people are probably in the hundreds of thousands. Well, and of imagine dollars. the people that go back right after they graduate with their undergrad and go back for a master's. Yeah. They have twice exactly. that amount of debt. Yeah. If was, not more. I was talking to somebody in my family and their their son is going back for a second master's degree. I'm what like, are you I doing? I don't even know like how you'd even consider paying for something. What do you need that for? Like, I'm no sorry. Idea. Like that seems crazy <laughs> to me. That's a whole nother podcast of why people need like unnecessary degrees, but <laughs> that's a lot of debt. That's crazy. I mean, I, I don't want to knock it because I love education and yeah. development, but, but for be me, smart about I'm, it. I'm financially like, I'm so frugal in my life. Yeah. So, but okay. So what does this all mean? Because I boil it down to when you're, tr- as an employer, you're trying to attract millennials. They're coming right out of school. Mm-hmm. They have all this debt that they now have to live with. And I, I think uh, for one, it means likely they're delaying home purchases yes, or they just now have a, a fraction of their paycheck income. Yep. Their income having to go to something that they probably wish they didn't have. Right. Well, and think about it this way. Most even entry level jobs, you need an undergrad degree yeah. for. So they, they have to, they have to graduate so yeah. that, that you don't really have much of a choice with that unless you're going to a vocational school or some other, you know, yeah. form of education like that. But so you have really not a lot of choice if you want to get a certain level of position when you graduate and then you have all of this debt. So, and millennials are not good. We're not good at saving money. I'm going to say that because I am a millennial. You're overgeneralizing. Come on. I'm (laughs) overgeneralizing, but I would say most myself included, like I'm not great at saving money. Like I, you know, spend it on, I like my vacations and you know, that's that's what's important to me, but I also bought a home. So that was what also was important to me. But most of my friends are like, yeah, I, I pay off my student loans. And like, that's that seems like enough. And I ask them, I say, well, what about like 401k? Like, do you have an IRA? Like, what's what's your plan for I that? I was talking to you about And it's that. just silence. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I understand that, you know, we're in our like mid to late 20s, but people need to think about their retirement sooner yeah. than you actually think you do. And so the fact that employers are getting really crafty with how they're, you know, setting up their benefits plans and offering things Mm -hmm. to people, it's smart. It's really smart. Yeah. I mean, this is a big issue just because I think it, it puts pressure on employers because if, if people are living with this amount of debt, they are going to naturally ask for more money Mm -hmm. to live, right? Mm -hmm. They got to pay for rent. They want to buy a home. Mm -hmm. They want to start a family got to pay off my student loans. And yeah. that requires a higher wage. And then the employers are saying, well, you know, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm going to bump up your base range to be competitive, but I'm also paying X amount for your health insurance because health insurance costs are going yep. up. And yeah. uh, But I'm contributing this amount to your 401k. And that's where it's missing the mark is that they don't understand that like that might not hit home with them right now because they need that pay to pay off their student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So there was this company, I shared this article on LinkedIn with um, my group and, you know, we're talking about this employer that said, if you are contributing at least a certain amount to your um, your student loan debt, and they actually allow it to be done internally through payroll deductions, which is very unusual. But so if you do it internally through payroll deductions, at least 2%, they will match 5% into your 401k on your behalf. Fascinating. So then they're not having to make a Best choice. Best of both worlds, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's what I would worry about is there's a trade-off effect. Yeah. You're going to miss out on compounding interest if you don't start contributing uh, into your retirement plan your right employer away. match. So yeah. if, if you're an employer match, you know, and you, let's say you contribute 5%, but somebody's only doing two, that's money you're leaving on the table. So if you can meet them halfway and say, okay, 
why don't you put 2% towards your student loans? You put 2% towards your 401k. We'll match the other 3%. There's mm-hmm. lots of easier ways that employers can do it. And just instead of saying, we'll pay all of your 401k match, yeah. you could, inc- you know, kind of like ease into this a bit. I think what's really fascinating about this, because th- this benefit's really popping up mm-hmm. a lot. I'm hearing that we, the LinkedIn article you shared, plus I'm just st- sort of seeing it in the headlines. Because millennials are typically still on their parents' health insurance, I think this offers a pretty unique benefit uh, that employers can offer. Because mm-hmm. if they're not, if if those millennials are young enough to where they're still on their parents' health insurance, they're not on the group health plan. Yeah, they don't so have they're to not offer. costing you the money. It's not costing any money. That's like five, six, seven hundred bucks, depending on what it's plan huge. you have. Way it's a more huge than what I've seen in some of these articles about possibly contributing to a student loan repayment. Yeah. Maybe a couple hundred, hundred bucks a month. Well, exactly. And that, yeah, that frees them up. And then think about if you're not having to shift their base wage because you're you're not contributing to their take-home pay. You're just not taking away from it because they're then having to disperse it to their student loan payments and every other bill that they've got, you know, yeah. all their Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. They have to, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have those, of course. you know what? Essentials, essentials. Well, we need to d- escape life once in a while it's and true. Just, just zone out. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, a couple things I wanted to mention is when I said those statistics earlier, I always want to make sure I cite my resources. So there's a Forbes article that had uh, all of the data on student loan mm-hmm. debt. Uh, so I'll put a link up to that in the show notes. The other article that Paige mentioned, I'm not sure which one that was, but I'll link up to it. And then there's another couple things I want to talk about. There's a CNBC article about how hundreds of companies in the United States are really starting to do this student loan repayment as a benefit. And they had a couple quotes from actual people who are in this program uh, with one of the companies. And they said, it's as meaningful to recent graduates as 401ks. I, and I believe Like, that. let that sit for a let second. Let that sit. Let that, I'm just going to let, so, pause. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, that's how much it means to people who have student loans. And you... I say millennials in a broad sense. There are people that are outside of the millennial mm-hmm. group who go back to school. So think about those people too, who are paying off their own kids' yep. student loans. So there's a you know, absolutely a lot of, of wide span of people this could affect. I know, like when people have large amounts of debt, they get paralyzed by making decisions yeah. in their life. So this is one of those things. If you just have a little bit of help, mm-hmm. um, or feel like you're you're getting just rid chip of it, away chip at away. it. Away. yeah what's that i can't remember who it was that has the snowball effect for paying off debt Dave Ramsey. Yeah. yeah so i mean like that's sort of what you're doing as an employer like you're yeah. helping them become more financially stable here's an excerpt from that article i mentioned so it says for example if someone has a student loan balance of twenty six thousand five hundred dollars on a 10-year repayment term with a four percent interest rate a hundred dollars a month contribution from his or her employer would free them uh, from their debt three years earlier. Three That's just years. That's hundred bucks. hundred bucks bucks. And most employers probably do more than a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it seems like a, a really unique benefit that mm-hmm. could, could work. This could affect you in so many other ways. I mean, think about, so if they're then freed up to maybe be able to purchase a home. Yeah be closer to your office or, you know, there's just, there's so many other things. They could buy a car and not have to take public transport. There's just lots of other things that people can do with freed up income. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier about like, okay, if we, if, if employers are offering just a higher wage, Mm -hmm. what's the likelihood that a person who has a student loan balance would actually contribute more to paying down that balance very small yeah that's i think that's why a a benefit like this is unique because we naturally think like oh well everybody's 
smart gonna, enough yeah. to do that, no. right? They would get, they would earn more money uh, and income and they would use that cash to pay down their balance. But no. that's just not the reality. No, it's, it's just like what we say with a 401k. If you don't have a formal 401k set up, people are not likely going to go ahead and just set one up on their own yeah. unless their parents instilled in them that kind of like yeah. financial like, like frugal auto, and I think of the auto enrollments. Yeah, are really starting to pop up a lot more. Just automatically. Well, get think them about in, Oregon into... Saves. That's a yeah. huge plan because there are lots of people who don't think about that. So if you're an employer who wants to be competitive in your benefits, but also wants people to be financially savvy, yeah. set them up for success and have them keep going. And maybe it's you know you say, well, we'll pay two percent of your student loan for that month, but you also have to pay two percent. Have it be a match. Like mm-hmm. have them buy into it with you. So how do you think an employer could get into the really HR piece of this? How do you think an employer could set this up? Like what in your mind would, what would you advise in the, this is no, we're not advising people in this podcast, but if, if, you know, if you had your own business, how would you set this up? I think it depends on how you're wanting to recruit and how you're wanting to set yourself up in the market. So if you are recruiting heavily in that millennial generation and you need to be competitive with other companies, I would say that you need to assess how much student loan is probably common for the geographic area that you're in. Um, and I would say the best way would be you don't even need to necessarily have it done through payroll deductions. Like I mentioned before, that's the easiest way for them because then there's just no excuse. But I would say have them meet you halfway. So uh, however much percentage you want to contribute will match that up. And you can say up to 5%, 6% like you would do for a 401k. And then double up and say, okay, whatever you we contribute for you. So if it's 3% into your student loan, we'll do the same for your 401k because mm-hmm. then they're not missing out on that. And you can cap it either way you want, but it gives you some freedom to say, we're going to help you meet halfway. Yeah. I think this could be a really interesting thing. The Just go negative for one second here. <laughs> I uh, And this is not an economics podcast. I worry about incentives that you create because... I don't know if it really gets to the root cause of just how tuition is so high and how no, people are taking. We're not a, solving that problem. We're not That's solving a that problem. Whole another problem. And it's kind of like so. I, I worry with this is that you then you if somebody else is paying your loans off for you, we're not really paying them off, but mm-hmm. contributing. Mm-hmm. You don't take as much ownership of it. Health, health insurance is the same way. A lot of us yeah. don't really know what costs go into health insurance because it's run mostly through mm-hmm. employers and these mm-hmm. group health plans. So I worry with something like this, that it, it sounds really good as a benefit, but I, I would be remiss in not saying the downsides to this is just, you create a monster. Well, it's of- the, true. And it's, it's open communication. So if you're a company that doesn't do like total compensation, like statements every year. So yeah. I've, I've been throwing those a lot at my clients That's recently a really good because idea it shows you like down to like the dollar, like every line by line. We just did them for the client that I work at. Including taxes? Yes. So, so if taxes, well, I don't employers show, would pay on your Not behalf. necessarily. So if it's a tax that they're going to get anywhere else, so like paying social security tax, yeah. they're going to get that anywhere. That's not really a benefit. I'm talking about how much their base pay is, how much if you have incentive comp, how much you pay towards their health insurance premiums, especially if they're enrolled in family coverage. That's a huge amount. That they're, oh, it's humongous. Uh, yeah. 401k contributions, how much you're paying for a match, every That's single amazing. PTO, holiday pay, all of that stuff line by line and showing them how much their actual hourly wages or how much their actual salary is at the end of the day is a huge benefit because it really shows them like, wow, 
I didn't know that they were paying this much for my health insurance yeah. premiums. I think that would actually, just based on what you're saying there, I think that would solve a lot of my my just worry about uh, yeah. creating bad incentives with something like this. But that that would help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to be like open about it and be transparent. And yeah. So where do you think this is all going? It's a, kind of a trendy thing right now. Do you think it's going to catch on? I think that the more often that companies need to be competing with each other for talent yeah. when unemployment is so low, I just looked, it's like 3.7%. It's unreal. It's unreal right now. The more competitive you can look in the market, the better off you're going to be. So if you are looking for people who have probably had to be in school, especially for a really long time, like if the programs you're looking at, people have to be in for four, five, six years, they're going to have a lot of student loan debt. Yeah. So well said. Yeah. Well, this is a fun discussion. I mean, I think there's more to come on this. Honestly, it was just really fun to be able to just kind of go back and forth and talk about what if, you know, what if employers started adopting benefits like these? Because your point is, it's spot on. It's you have a competitive market, labor tight, labor shortage mm-hmm. is real. It's really tight out there. And, and like across the board, every industry is feeling it. No one is way, immune. The only way you're gonna either attract people or retain them is having benefits like these and mm-hmm. obviously having a really good purpose and, and vision for your organization so yeah. i think uh this couldn't hurt no couldn't hurt at all give it a try yeah. hit me up yeah i'll help you Paige, thanks for coming on the podcast <laughs> Thank you where, so can, much. where can people connect with you at uh you can find me on linkedin cool you can find me on the Zenium website give me an email all right sounds good all right, right. thanks Paige. thank you Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com 